1: Hello and welcome to The World in 10, where we bring you the Times of London's distinct take on the world every day. And today it's me, Cara Bentley, and him, Alex Dibble.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, And we love the stories we've got for you today. An update on the Canadian chef selling poison around the world, deadly poison, a remarkable development with the now infamous football kiss, and lifting the lid on celebrity publicists.
1: Now, this is a story that we've covered a few times on The World in 10. It's the Canadian chef who has been selling poison to people around the world, to people who want to take their own lives. Mm.
0: Kenneth Law is his name, and he was exposed by a Times investigation a few months ago. And the last we knew was that he had been arrested in Canada, and Canadian authorities had sent a list of people who'd bought this poison from him, to UK police, people living in the UK who'd bought it from him.
1: And now there's been a development and the Times' social affairs editor, James Beale, who did the original investigation, is with us. James, what is this update?
2: Well, it's quite a significant update today from the National Crime Agency. They've found um, that 88 people have taken their own lives after buying this poison from kenneth law Um, the national crime agency were handed a list of 232 british customers of kenneth law they spent the past couple of months going through that list conducting welfare checks on people around the country and sadly as i say they've concluded that 88 people have since taken their own lives
1: And what is the latest with the case against him in Canada? Because he's already been charged there, hasn't he, with aiding suicide.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Kenneth Law is already facing two charges. um, And he's actually in court today for a bail hearing. Um, But what we don't really know is what happens from here. We know that the National Crime Agency uh, are going to look to pursue charges if they feel the evidence is there against Kenneth Law, that's what they've announced today. But obviously he's at the same time facing charges in Canada so presumably the UK authorities will have to wait until proceedings in Canada have ended in order to potentially extradite Kenneth Law over to the UK. But even that may not be as straightforward as it, it may seem because Kenneth Law is accused of sending this substance to more than 40 countries. So the UK doesn't have any right, uh, if we can call it that, to go next. There may be other countries by that stage who also want to prosecute Kenneth Law for deaths in their countries. Um, so it's a, it's a hugely complicated picture and the investigation in the UK is going to face a number of challenges.
1: Now, Toby and Ellie covered this story yesterday on the podcast. It's that of the president of the Spanish Football Federation kissing a Spanish player after the World Cup on Sunday. And there was an extraordinary general assembly today which was called for as a result of that.
0: Yeah, Um, it was thought that Luis Rubiales uh, would resign, but that's not what happened. Instead, we got this remarkable speech.
1: No voy a dimitir. No voy a dimitir. No, voy a dimitir.
0: No voy a dimitir means I will not resign. No
1: voy a dimitir. No voy a dimitir. He also said it was a spontaneous kiss, mutual, euphoric and consensual. That's the key. A consensual peck, he said, is enough to get me out of here. I will fight until the end. I'm ready to be vilified to defend my ideals. Mm,
0: Absolutely extraordinary. And you heard on the clip there that he was being applauded as he said he wouldn't resign. Um, Mostly, it should be said, by men in the room. But there were some women as well who were clapping. I don't think this story is over.
1: I'm here with Susie Jagger, who is the deputy foreign editor at The Times newspaper. Susie, what stories have you got coming up? I think most intriguingly, uh, Trump's weight. When he
0: was booked at uh, Fulton County Sheriff's Office uh, last night, you have to uh, add your weight and your height. Unfortunately, your weight is self-reported, um, which leaves a little bit of wiggle room. He said that he was 15 stone 5 or 215 pounds And six foot three. Well, that's an inch higher than he is on his New York driving licence. And also there's been some speculation in the past over his actual weight. I would just draw you to the Washington Post, which recorded during his four years of presidency over 30,000 untruths that he'd said. So I'll, I'll leave you to draw your own conclusions. All industries have sort of tricks of the trade and uh, radio and podcast is no different Um, but one thing you can't do is fake your guest um, because we talk Um, but a former editor of glamour magazine um, has exposed the inside world of celebrities and their publicists who she says wield enormous power and can be terrifyingly aggressive and rude with it Cara
1: yeah, Jo Elvin, the editor, has been speaking about this in The Times today and she speaks about one particular scenario where she says it's incredibly difficult to pin down celebrities. Sometimes you've agreed to do a photo shoot and an interview, but you can't do both on the same day. So she said there was a, an American pop star who she'd already done a photo shoot with, but she didn't have the interview and it's getting closer and closer to the deadline. And the celebrity's publicist just ended up saying, oh, I'll do the interview. I know how she'd answer all the questions anyway. And that's what they ended up doing. And <laughs> that's Joe <unbelievable>. Elvin writes, <laughs> it is unbelievable. And Joe Elvin writes that that issue actually sold really well.
0: <laughs> Fantastic! Lots more stories on that piece. Uh, do head to the Times website. Take out a digital subscription. Well worth it.
1: It feels like if you're in the US, you can pretty much understand everyone else in the US. There are no specific accents that you really can't understand.
0: Mm. But in the UK, I think it is a little bit different, isn't it? You, you do have certain regions who have their distinct accents or like vocabulary, dialects, etc. And this story is about Yorkshire, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there's this 80-year-old uh, from Yorkshire who is trying to keep the Yorkshire dialect alive. He's called Rod Dimbleby and he's the chairman of the Yorkshire Dialect Society. And he actually is going to run weekly sessions with locals to keep the dialect alive and to teach it to them. And this is him reading a Yorkshire poem, Backstreet Ballad, by Arnold Kellett. I
3: wish I were a lad again. By gum i make it crack. I'd lake as long as it will eat and come on mucky black. I shouldn't have wasted a minute on it. I'd be on the street all
1: day. For me at Lans, we would no be stuck for something fresh to play.
0: <laughs> and now I think I understood probably around half of that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's got us thinking if we and some locals can't even understand a piece of poetry in our own language, pretty much nobody else has got any hope. So whose wisdom could be better on this than The Times' West Coast correspondent, Kieran Southern, who's not a Yorkshireman, but is a Scouser, and he joins us from L.A. How are you doing, Kieran?
3: Hi guys, not too bad, thank you. <laughs> good to speak to you on this. Um,
0: any words or phrases from your home city of Liverpool that you just simply can't use in the
3: US? I do um, occasionally find myself describing something as "boss," which of course means "good" <laughs> in Scouts. But whenever I do say that, my American friends all sort of look at me quizzically, wondering what what I am talking about. You also can't understand. It's quite difficult. My name. So Keegan isn't very common out here, and my Scouse accent makes it even worse. So if I'm at a coffee shop or something, if I ever do give him my real name, they usually say, like, Peter Keegan. So I gave up on that long ago, so all my local coffee shops now think my name's John. It's just (laughs) easier for all involved.
1: And you must have had a few crossed wires in your times or misunderstandings.
3: Yeah, I always remember um, Clint Eastwood. I... Interviewed him on a red carpet once for the film called *The Mule*. I think this was in about 2019. Um, so it was on a, a quite large red carpet. And obviously, Clint Eastwood, Hollywood great. I think he was 89 at the time, or certainly approaching 90. So I asked them a question, and he just burst out laughing, tapped me on the hand, and said, "Son, I can't understand the way that you just said." And walked <laughs> From the great man. What a story. I love it.
0: Um, Kieran, thanks so much for, for joining us and having a bit of fun with us. Um, this is the end of the podcast. Do you want to end it for us? Give us a proper scouse goodbye. Just say ta
3: da. See you later, lad.
0: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat